The Pacific Conference of Churches has endorsed the Fossil Fuel Non-Proliferation Treaty at COP28 and is now seeking more signatures. General Secretary James Bagwan speaks with Caleb Fotheringham from Dubai about faith and climate activism. He hopes, like always, there'll be tangible action coming from the promises made at the meeting. The pledges need to translate into tangible funds. One of the negotiators I I was talking to said that they wish that people who made the pledges were sitting there with their internet banking on so that they would actually have to physically transfer that money once those pledges are made. Uh, And that's that's the sense of, uh, you know, not just frustration, but perhaps pragmatism as people really look to see what those pledges actually mean as countries make them and communities continue to experience the impact of climate change. But for I think for us, as we continue to look to see how long these processes are taking, you know, we still need to look at the mitigation. And our Pacific churches have said consistently that, uh, um, you know, finance for adaptation and uh, finance for loss and damage without concrete movement on mitigation. And this by this, we mean the phase out of fossil fuel, it is basically, we're talking about uh, blood money here. We're talking about, from a Christian perspective, 30 pieces of silver. I just want to go to your role in the Pacific Conference of Churches. How does your role at COP differentiate from other civil society groups that are there? This year, the Pacific Churches uh, endorsed the Fossil Fuel Non-Proliferation Treaty, and we worked to ensure that the World Council of Churches also endorsed uh, the treaty. And so uh, some of that work that I'm doing here is really around supporting the campaign or the initiative for the Fossil Fuel Non-Proliferation Treaty, working with the treaty team here trying to get countries on board uh, to to endorse. But as a pastor, uh, from a pastoral role, that's another important role that we play here in these meetings. Our negotiators work very hard. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of long hours. There's a lot of literal fighting to get the key things approved or in texts and things like that. It's not the cozy trip that some people would imagine it is, particularly in uh, in the heat and when we are faced in Dubai by the face of fossil fuel. And so I have a pastoral role as well to play. In fact, this morning uh, I was in the uh, faith pavilion for an hour providing uh, pastoral care for negotiators. And I try and come and base myself at the Pacific Pavilion to uh, spend time with our uh, negotiators and other Pacific delegates just to provide that pastoral support in the different ways that we do uh, as Pacific Islanders. You're a climate activist, but you're also an environmental activist. How does your faith impact that work that you do? Well, that's the starting point of my work. As a Christian, I recognize that we are part of creation, of God's creation, that we have been given the role of stewardship and guardianship. And uh, as a Pacific Islander, recognizing our, our relationship with the land and sea. And so that is the moral and ethical basis for, for what I do. I I cannot ignore what is happening in our communities. And so that is why you'll find me maybe doing something around unsustainable development or people trying to destroy mangroves to put hotels and things like that. If we see the injustice that's happening and recognize that what happens to the land also happens to us, we understand that 
not only from a faith perspective, but we, we understand that very well from our cultural and traditional perspectives in the Pacific. And so I, I don't think there's anything different about me. I think every Pacific Islander actually, by culture, by tradition, and then perhaps by faith, is uh, an environmentalist. We are taught to look after the land. We are taught because to look after the land is to look after yourself. And so for me, there is, it's just an extension of, of, of who I am. And I think we need more people to be thinking that way and living that way. It's great to see, I, I suppose, yourself and other Pacific leaders in the Christian space leading the charge on climate change. I think potentially people in the US, maybe in that evangelical space, unfortunately, I don't have stats to back this up, but I imagine there isn't always the same push for climate activism would would you agree with that would you say there's there's a differentiation between what the pacific churches are pushing and some of the other places around the world or would you say everyone seems quite united well i think um you know if you look most recently at the catholic church the statement by the pope that was issued for cop 28 that was you know read by his uh, secretary of state here at uh, in dubai the encyclical uh, laudato deum that was issued just before the cop which also speaks about uh, these issues there are strong commitments from the faith communities not just the church but across the board and here when we come we work in collaboration with other faiths and other churches that are, are working on this issue. There are those who recognize this as a, a key area for them to engage in, but particularly for us in the Pacific and in those areas or those countries that are, that are severely affected by climate change, the, the pastoral role that we play is part of that, what gives us the motivation to do this advocacy work. At the PCC, we talk about being prophetic, being pastoral and being practical. There's not a hierarchy in that. It's just, uh, it's almost like a circular motion that our pastoral work drives our uh, prophetic voice or our advocacy. And our advocacy must connect to practical actions. And that sort of moves around. So I think, particularly because we are dealing with these issues every day, because we're looking and seeing our own people experiencing extreme weather events you know we we've had two cyclones already we have a third one forming uh, just uh, near the solomon islands heading towards australia in a few days and that's in the last five weeks so we deal with the impacts of climate change on a daily basis we deal with communities that are devastated by these things and that also gives us the strength i guess but the challenge to go forth and and speak on behalf of the communities that we provide pastoral care for